Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author C.J. Warrens. C.J., welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This it's, is exciting. It is. Um, you have a plethora of different genres and stuff like that we're going to be discussing about your writing and some other good stuff, listeners. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you got started. Well, where did I come from? <laughs> I have, um, I don't want to tell too much about my total background because that's part of my two truths and a lie. But let's look at say, her being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where I started writing is when I, at a very young age, I want to say as early as five or six, just doodling little short stories and went from there to writing poetry. I loved poetry. I was able to escape through that. And in eighth grade, I think it was, a uh, yeah, it was around eighth grade. My English teacher had a little mini school class contest who would write the best poetry and hmm. I wrote the story about this dandelion you know sprouting from when it's first started to seed until it went into this fluffy clouds and I don't I don't even remember hmm. the poem but it won the next thing I know he contacted me like Four weeks later, he entered my story into a contest and I won, won $25. Nice. So it was kind of cool, but that was always in the back of my mind. And then life happens, of you know, course. cheerleading and whatnot, marriage, kid. And then uh, my husband found an old manuscript. It was one of my dark moments of my first marriage. And uh, I wrote a book, like it challenged myself, get me out of my reality. And my second husband actually found that manuscript uh, that was written in all hand, you know, handwritten. And he's like, you like doing that? And I'm like, I love doing it. It's just, it's just my way of escape. I have so much stories in my head. He goes, well, why don't you start writing? So he encouraged me. So about eh, 12 years ago, he's like, learn, go do what you are, go write. So, and that's where my, kind of my career took off as in learning my craft and um, starting meeting people with like minds and stuff like that. And it just kind of went from there. That's fantastic. I love it when partners, spouses, significant others, um, even friends that are, you know, at that level that will be able to find something or figure that out, have that conversation of, do you like doing it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, but then why don't you, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. because we ourselves, the butt. yeah, he yes. boot in the butt to, to push. Cause I, I was in the beauty industry for many, many years and I got out of it. Uh, cause I got sick and, uh, he's like, you know, you're home. If that's, that's the direction you want to go, you want to build a career on that, do it. So he support. he's, he's my biggest supporter. I love mm. him. Did he have any, like, but as long as I'm the hero and the guy with the abs. Oh no. Oh, he's, okay. he's <laughs> you know, he, the sex scenes, mind you though, I have, <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> Damn girl. That's a lot. <laughs> I told you I'm an open book. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. 
No, that's great. But it, it's like a running joke. You know, it, it has been for eons, even before I think um, the concept of having um, books published in, in like the romance genre. We're always like, oh, we wonder if the author has any experience in fill in the blank. I mean, geology, if it's a, you know, historical, you know, mm-hmm. anything kind of a thing. It's like, where's the history go? So now fast forward, we're into romance. And with partners, that's always like that running joke of the the, the significant they're saying, as long as I'm your inspiration. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, yes, dear. Yes, you are the inspiration. Are. Yes, but uh, they may not disclose that it's for the the heroine of the hero or the villain or the asshole. I mean, whatever. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it could be. It, it depends on the day. <laughs> yes, right. So long as the spice things are from the like, yeah, I think he's good, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you write in multiple genres. Do you have a favorite to write in? Okay, so I started off with writing uh, romantic suspense, and that is that's my genre. I love writing in that genre, but I've always loved romance, and so kind of my my writing style kind of shifted, and. Being in the beauty industry, I had a lot of friends that were gay and they talked about, even back in the, in the 80s, they talked about like the underground books, you know, the, uh, the gay, the gay uh, or male, male romance books. Um, and I've always wanted to be a part of that. I wanted, always wanted to write it. And when it, when that genre took off, I was in the, just kind of in a mess of everything that I was writing current that at that point. So I never had a chance. And when I did get a chance, I just kind of went with it and I love it. As of which genre is my favorite, I really, I got, I would have to lean toward my back to my original is the romantic suspense. But the good thing with a lot of the romance genres is that you can then incorporate any sort of love story in it. You can right. have a romantic suspense that happens to also be an MM. Correct. You know, um, Correct. Or shifters or vampires. Oh my. Um, exactly. <laughs> or MM shifters. I mean, at this point, you know, I think there's Which, this. It's been how about let's go step further and do M-Prague shifters. Right? Oh, yes. Ooh. So, because in PNR yeah. we can do anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it again, it, it runs the gamut, and that's what I loved when I was perusing your website. And I'm going, oh, okay, oh, romantic suspense. Oh, mm. Oh, there's this. I'm like, oh, it's like depending on what you're in for, just go to CJ Warren's website, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. I am a very eclectic. I don't want to be. I, I've heard stay in your lane. I've heard it many times. Stay in your lane. You know, that's where to stay focused. But I feel like my brain is too ADHD to stay in my lane. You know, well, and see that stay in the lane that. thing. Is mm-hmm. a pet peeve of mine because it depends. If you're talking out of your ass, yes, stay in your lane, please. Yes, yes. you know. But if you're yeah. exploring different genres, if you're looking, you're doing the research, if you're you're being conscientious about making sure that it, the story is as true to the characters as possible. Right. Swerve, baby, swerve and pick a lane and stay there and then go to the next lane and, you know, go cross country kind of a thing, you know, go for it. That's basically what I'm doing. I'm going across country and I like the variety of characters that I write and anywhere from the my dark erotic thriller up to my male male contemporary. You know, I love all my all the genres that I write in and I I don't want to really I don't want to change it, you know, because that's who I am as an author. 
Yeah. And a lot of the listeners and the readers of books tend to say, oh, I love insert genre. But what they're also saying, too, is that they love the writing style of the author. And so yeah. while many times, sometimes authors are concerned with jumping into a different genre or saying, I'm going to have to change my name because I write in different genres, we really just want your book. Yes. So because we love the writing style of you as the author. And so it could be underwater basket weaving in a reverse MM harem or so. I don't know. Um, and we're fine with it. <laughs> a whole new genre right oh there. yeah i mean <laughs> hey at this rate with uh, you know I, I love how authors are coming up with new subgenres or things like that and we're going okay let's not reinvent the wheel that's still a pnr that happens to be about aliens okay exactly. <laughs> it's still under the pnr umbrella paranormal <laughs> normal <laughs> things that are in apparent you know i mean like they're still yeah aliens fall under that <laughs> exactly. exactly multiple appendages agendas um different tools attached to them there's the, the pnr <laughs> actually i just read a book about that <laughs> <laughs> haven't we all at one point author, but yes i have read that <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah again and one of the many things i love about the romance genre is that there literally is something for anybody exactly and everybody and it could be anything from the cute meats um you know fade to black kind of a thing to detailed scenes of all sorts to the very dark to the very funny i mean even what you would normally think as a dark genre of like for an example omega verse which yeah. tends to be in this in in this in in romance usually thought of more of the darker side mm -hmm. of romance Yes. And with, you know, dubious consent and potentially no consent and all this other stuff. I recently had learned that there's a light and fluffy side to that. That kind of falls more into, it's still, it's paranormal, you know, right. but there's still that element of the Omega verse in there, but in that dark. <laughs> I, and I like, totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So that's where I'm always like, love chatting with you guys. And because also my to be read list and listen list keeps getting longer and longer which i'm not complaining it, it allows me to be selective and choose but also just this discover too sometimes what you guys like to listen to and read and can kind of pick your brain on that end too because sometimes we don't know what's out there unless you guys share that with us are you also a reader and an audiobook listener oh yes i am a huge reader and i'm a bigger audiobook listener i have over <laughs> I got over a thousand audiobooks in my Audible. So I, I'm crazy. I am crazy. You're and enthusiastic. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> enthusiastic uh, Audible. <laughs> audiobook listener. I think my biggest, okay, so I, when the male, male romance took off in general, I went gangbusters and I, listened and read a lot of um a lot of authors a lot of good authors that i enjoyed when i discovered and i'm bringing this up again the mpreg male male mpreg i just i fell in love with i fell in love with that subgenre because that's the it was almost the impossible right and being that it's like shifters you know you got shifters so huge paranormal double whammy there and I found a few authors that I just like clung to, and I've pretty much read almost all their, <laughs> listened to all their audiobooks. And then I have on the flip side of things, I love a more darker, more um, intense 
not necessarily taboo per se, but intense dark romances. Um, some of them are really dark, you know, and it's like, okay, I got to step back and not listen to them for a few days just to clear my brain so I can write. Right. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's, uh, I like, I like a mixture. I like a mixture of it. So same thing as my, as my reading. I think the last one I've, a recent book I just picked up, it's called Flock. I can't remember the name of the author offhand, but it was a recommendation from one of the audio from on TikTok actually. And I loved, I loved the concept of the story. It was dark and had a, like a richness to the romance. So it was like an MM or MFM romance. So hmm. yes. I remember the first time someone said, Hey Viv, what's the difference between MFM and MMF? And cause they're like, doesn't it mean male, female? I'm like, yes. yes. But if the MM are together, it means swords are crossing. Yeah. <laughs> I like that even more. <laughs> As a male, male romance writer. I yeah. Do, I love that's, you know, that's part of reality. You know, get over it. Let's, you know, oh, yeah. that's life. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, as long as, you know, a lot of times, because again, the conversation about, you know, owning own voices and, 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 right. and knowing things. And again, as long as the research in, in that specific scenario is, right. is, 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 is the research is done and conversations are happening and sensitivity barriers are included, you right. should be fine. So yeah, for those that are, are fine with swords across and uh, you're going to want to read the MMFs for those that prefer not them to be fighting with each other as the source goes, then you're going to want the F in the middle of the, t- of the two M's. Exactly. <laughs> so, <yeah>. exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to take advantage that, um, that I have you here with me today and ask the, the lovely questions. I think sometimes a lot of listeners and readers of romantic suspense, because I love a good romantic suspense. It's a mixture of some of that, a bit of that action packed thriller with that, those moments of, oh, he is sweet and yeah. all this other stuff. Yes. But it tends to happen. I'm like, Bombs are, bom- are, are are busting out and bust the the the, the guns are blazing. The bullets are running through the you know the, the walls and stuff, and they're hiding and hunting. They're, they're like it, like it's life threatening. And she yeah. looks at him, and, and her things are and her thoughts are, damn, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to kiss him, or damn, she's hot. I'm just going to put up against the wall and kiss her. And I'm like, things are going boom right outside your door. <laughs> When it comes to those kind of scenes in your books, do you are you going into more of the, okay, here things are going boom. Oh, this might be a good place to have that little romance scene. Um, or, or how does that kind of play out for you in your books? In my in my uh, romantic suspense slash thrillers, they're more focused on what's going on at that point of time. I don't have I don't have maybe just a tiny bit of ooh, you know, a surprise you know, a set of feelings that's come up in that moment, but nothing like stop, let me smash her against the wall and kiss her crazy, you know, or excuse me, fuck her till you know what I mean? Well, bomb, n- none of that ever happens in my story. Mm-hmm. That comes later. You know? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm that kind of writer that when the momentum of, of like spiked adrenaline and stuff like that. It's in that moment that you want to take the 
take your readers to all the way through. After that moment, it's like, oh my gosh, your adrenaline is still spiked and, or you're slowly coming down and then you look at each other like, oh my God, I just want you. You know what I mean? At that point, yes. You know, but I got to say my first book, Jane, is because it has a little bit of a supernatural twist to it, that it, there's an eerie factor. So in, in that, so... Oh, it's just, yeah, I, I find it, I find the scenes too intrusive to put in those type of, those type of actions. Because mm-hmm. I can, I can, I mean, I can understand the being worried about the other person because, right. you know, you know, you, he's no longer the asshole that needs to die. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. he's in that scenario, he could potentially die and you're going, perhaps not. Maybe that little that, that little stab of information. Maybe. Yeah, not, that, not that, that moment of ah, right. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! When did that shit happen? Uh, <laughs> and then afterwards, but that's also, I mean, for me, I again, I love the genre. Uh, I know many great authors that are in that genre as well, and some that have become friends. And I'm going, do y'all like? Figure out sometimes how this is going to work out, and are you trying to see if? It, it, does it become like a game? Like, will the listeners and the readers go, really, girl, really, seriously? I have, I have read, I have read books, romantic suspense books and romantic thriller books. That was basically, yeah, I stopped at mid midpoint of the page, and I'm like, really, you would put that there? Why? <laughs> you know, in the midst of like I you just said, bomb blowing off and everything else, I'm like, it just it feels like an intrusion. You know, you want the romance there and all that, but I think it's an intrusion of that scene because it's not, it just puts a halt away. You know, I, as a reader, don't like that. I like a tra- smoother transition from one thing to the other. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, um, to me, it's one of those things where I kind of be like, okay, I was just getting into the things going boom yes. um, <laughs> and trying to figure boom, out how y'all are going to get out before or after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a different boom that I'll look forward to later. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for that book where they're, they're, they're going into their own boom and then things start really going boom, boom kind of a thing. <laughs> and and well, he just gets yeah. really mad, but she gets even madder. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Tell each other, like, we'll pick this up later. In the meantime, we need to survive. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so with all those different t- scenes playing around in your head and then, and, you know, getting into the, on the page, do you have a favorite type of scene to write? Whether it's oh. the, the bantering, the sex, the, 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 you know, those moments of, aha, you know, what is it for you? <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, definitely the sex scenes are very, very, uh, it's not as easy as some people would think to write, you know, because, um, well, and it, it all, all depends on the book also, you know, what scene they just come, came off of. But I would have to say, it's like the opening scene is, would be for me as a reader, the opening scene would be for me because it catches my attention. As an author, I would say the same thing because to draw the reader in right off the bat, it for me it would have to be it needs to it needs to stamp your attention and I love the challenge of doing that. So what do you find it to be the most difficult to write? Difficult to write would be hmm 
the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a few books that I have written that uh, haven't seen the light of day yet because even though I finished the book, the, the fr- first couple chapters, it just isn't right. And mm-hmm. I will not publish anything if I'm not happy with it. And it's generally at the very, very first the first few pages that I have a very difficult time with. So my processes are, it takes a little longer. So once I get them done, then they'll publish them. But yeah, the easiest part, you know, the, the easiest part is, you know, getting written and writing them down and, you know, getting that attention. But the hardest point is getting to that point, making sure it's the right scene for me. Yeah. I know that for many, it could be, you know, the sex scenes where they'll bust out with insert sex scene here and then they continue writing. Um, <laughs> yes, I have done that. I have done that. I have. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the, and because of, for me, the sex scenes come easy, um, except for the male male, the male male, you know, I, I am very careful on, so it's not repeated, repeatedly the same thing. So I, you know, I use, use my, a lot of my imagination and I have a go-to places to go to (laughs) that I uh, visually to see if I'm correct on it, you know, and then I ask questions to my friends. So, yes. So the friends that you reach out to for, you know, information and and guidance and things like that, just look at you going, am I going to be in the book? (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh, out of out of the ones that have like helped me, I think two have asked, "Who's are you going to put me in the book?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> you are the asshole of the book." So <laughs> that would be my go-to answer, and they'd be like, "Really?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just joking." I said, "No, it's the the characters are the ones that speak to me, and if they have any kind of." you know, a smattering of the personality of the people that I know, then that's even great, you know, but I I try not to say, hey, I have you in my book, unless I'm going to kill you off. <laughs> yes, you guys love to do that. We know not to piss you off because you will make us the villain and kill us off. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or what people would think was the nice hero or some form of that kind of individual character. And then you're like, no, she was a bitch and off she goes with her head. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yes, I got to say in my, in Jane, uh, one of the characters is, was portrayed from a person I've known in my past and her, her attitude and everything basically mimicked who she was. So she's no longer a friend of mine, but mm-hmm. So I figured, oh, she'd be perfect for this scene. <laughs> she gets killed off. So it's good. It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think if I were to write a book, I probably will have to, it would definitely go into more of the, because there will be a couple of people that would be dying on the page several times. Exactly. So yeah, so I'm like, maybe a paranormal of sorts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Different ways to take out my frustrations for your disloyalty. Boom. Done. Um <laughs> Yeah, y'all know who you are, and you'll you'll, you'll come out in the book. That's you know, we're real exactly. Different. That, you know, y'all know exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you think it might be you, it may not be, but perhaps you've done something so subconsciously. You're thinking y'all. about it. Yes, that, <laughs> right. that that now you're questioning if it was you, and possibly yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe that's my that's my bottom line answer. yeah maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah sometimes I go like what have you done that's Read my also question and you'll yeah. find out that's mm-hmm. what I say buy the yeah. book and you'll find out yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so bad Hey, it's the, come on. It's, we constantly have to remind, I mean, I, at least I do, that I do not look good in orange. And even though in some cases, I probably will never get blamed for doing what I did in order to be wearing that orange suit. <laughs> but I'm just not going to risk it because I have other, a bunch of audiobooks and, and, and books to read and conventions to go to and meet up with people. And I can't really do exactly. that if I'm wearing the orange suit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I may, if anybody, like I, I've, I've had some authors are like, my God, I need a villain. And I'm like, I got a list. <laughs> if you need villains and you need people that are assholes and, you know, disloyal or whatever, um, yeah. you just can't figure it out. Just call me. I have a list of descriptives and adjectives. And exactly. People. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've got a good long memory. Let's put that yeah. way. Yes. The same, 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 same. Thing. One day when I write a book, they're gonna be like, "Oh, like, mm-hmm. what is it really? No, was that me? Was that me? Was that me? Am I the drama? No." Uh- <laughs> But also, but having that list of things that I need to do in my life that requires me not to be in an orange jumpsuit is going to events and meeting up with some of my favorite people, both listeners and writers. And this is actually happening in September in Allure, where I'm going to get to meet you face to face. I can't wait. I am so excited. When I got the invitation to be a part of this event, I was like, oh, my God. And being that I'm from this, from the Chicagoland area. I'm just so I'm just ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I get to meet some of the narrators that have read that read, uh, narrated my books, and I'm just I'm ecstatic. Um, so just between you and me, uh, and me, um, do you have a favorite narrator? I do have a favorite narrator, but I won't say because that's not fair to the other ones. <laughs> Mind you, I did not ask, uh, do you have a favorite one that narrates your books? I'm just saying oh, in general. Okay. Yes, you know? I do have, I do. I love Aiden Snow's. Oh, yes. Good. His just name comes up often. Something about that man's voice. Just, it's a turn on for me. So yeah. <laughs> he reads, especially the male male, I was just like, I drool. So yeah, he's one of my, one of my favorites. Um, let's see. What's the other one? Um, I don't know. I just, I, he just came, he pops into my he popped in my head right off the bat so ah, yeah he's one of my favorites Aiden 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 yes. yeah he's he's very nice sweet uh very talented and yes. his his uh, range is really good where he can do the darker right rallier bad yes. guy but also still be the the hot her- hero kind oh, of yes. thing and, and exactly go from exactly. all over places. Yes. <laughs> maybe in the maybe in the future i i have a, a project that i have not i have a st- you know set up and outlined and all that but and it is a male male um and it's a paranormal actually uh-huh. it's a trilogy and so i might you know i might reach out and see if he's able to do all three because that would be that would be tremendous i see him doing it Okay. So here's a question that is an interesting of opinions. The three books, is it the same um, characters and their love story over all three books or are they different couples in each of the books, but in the same world? 
it is the same world with three brothers. Okay. So, so three different each, couples. Yes. Technically, right. Couples, correct. It's three brothers, same world, same bad guy, different, different scenarios uh-huh. that happens with each brother and to find their own. So, so here's the question in a situation like that, where you have an opportunity to either have the same narrator and have them do the entire series or do different narrators per set couple, what is your preference? Because I know sometimes the narrators are like a a full cast themselves, but other times it's not so much, especially when you guys love to write those lovely dinner parties where (laughs) everybody ever written in that book is at that party. Exactly. (laughs) I would say, I don't know if I'm, if I'm being particular, because you did, you mentioned that Aiden has a, such a wide range from the deep dark to the much lighter tone of his voice. I would say I would have him, but be a, uh, a duet with another, okay. another narrator. You know what I mean? So he would be, he would be one and, you know, I would have another for that. I, the, because of the distinction of it, he would be the, he, he might be the three brothers and then the other narrator might be all the other characters, the love date, the love interests. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that does it. Cause for me too. And again, it's one of those interesting conversations. Some yeah. listeners want the exact same narrators for every single book regardless if it's different couples like i understand it when it's the same couple that has um, a large arch in in their yeah. you know arc in their story and so yeah. it comes across either simple two books yes. three books or and like in some in some uh, you know series 25 yes. <laughs> yes. and then some and, and that works you know when it's that from a particular range but also depends on 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 their range exactly you know, exactly. so that's where I think duets and, you know, even dual narration with some duetting in there where that one character can come back if they're the main villain, but they only have certain lines because it's a whodunit kind of a book. Right. I would yeah. definitely for, um, I had just recently uh, published a uh, first book of a series of 12. Oh. Um, and it's the ser- series is called Saints versus Sinners. And it's about you know, small town Tennessee country boys growing up. And there's a little bit of romantic suspense aspects, a little bit of uh, MC aspect to it. But um, I would definitely do different narrators for that series because the characters, even though they all work together and, and they grew up together, it just, they are so different and complex that I just feel that they deserve different narrators for the mm-hmm. voices. So for your audiobooks, do you work with a production company that helps you process with the whole thing from start to finish, from casting to publishing? Or do you do that all yourself and you're the one and only no, magic magician? Actually, being that I'm still, I, even though I have most of my books in audio, but I'm still kind of like um, very new to getting into it. And handling it myself so I go through audible I guess or ACX so to speak and have them handle it I pick out pick out the person and you know we go through the the narrating process you know and and that's it and then finish it off they will send it off and they'll look at it 
but um, I actually had a, I have a friend that, that does all, not only writes, but she also narrates. And she's like, you know what, you should go to these other places, you know, like Brickyard and so forth and go through them. They will fine tune it so much more and go through that. So I'm, I'm holding off and when I'm ready, I will be going through, I haven't decided where, but at Allure, I, you know, there's going to be different companies there, correct? Yes. Oh, so yes. I will, Many. I will, yeah. So I'll be talking, I'll, I'll be talking to them <laughs> to, to see, you know, which one's the best direction to go with. But I would definitely, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Because casting, those are your, I think for me, the biggest thing that I love it when authors are involved in the process of the audiobook. Right. The yeah. biggest chunk that I'm like, I, I would really y'all need to be involved in is the casting parts. Right. You know, the, the, the characters better than anybody. You exactly. can, you know, even though you make provide a lovely spreadsheet, multicolored color coding of a sorts uh, for the narrators yeah. with information, <laughs> including accents to list to cadence, fill in the blanks, but right. there's still something sometimes that when you hear that voice and you're going him or her them yay it's different and then you know from that perspective so it's where i love it when you guys are more involved especially in the casting part of things i do and but it's also very daunting because there is a lot of narrators out there and it also depends on depends on um for some uh authors which i was actually in a, a conversation a group conversation about it. And there's a couple authors saying that I would love to have the bigger named authors, but the, I mean, the narrators, but the the price point of it, they just can't afford. And I totally understand that. But at the same time, they got to understand if you want the product to be right. And from your brain, you know, you hear it, you know, as you're writing it. And for me, I could see it and hear and all that, you know, you know, what narrators are going to be right for that. So if it's worth the money to do it, then just do it because I'm telling you it's 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 so worth it it's so worth it and the other thing too that I that I would advocate for and suggest is even if you're not in a place where you can work with a production company correct help you with that casting because either they have a roster or you know they know people but you know a lot of the people that work like even myself included I'm like I do casting so it's almost like the whole casting director thing so I have even though I don't work specifically for a production company Yes. You know, those things too is can having those conversations because it's been many a times where they're like, ah, my goodness, I want Sebastian York. <laughs> and I'm going, we don't, we all, <laughs> I, I mean, for the books, for the books. And, but unfortunately, you know, aside from, you know, potential, what the per finished hour rate is, there's also scheduling conflicts. Exactly. And that's, that's truly thing. sometimes where. I think a lot of authors kind of go like, if I was only a planner because of that scheduling concept conflict, a lot of times the ones that you would really love for to do Mm -hmm. it may not be able to until seven or eight months to a half a year and a half later. Yes. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. So that's, you know, as a, as of the, the current standard of my, of my books, the ones that are, don't have the, have uh, audio books, I will, I will wait for the right one. You know, so if I have to wait, I will wait. But that's also where the casting director was like, okay, well, what about Sebastian's voice? 
is that you love so much. Yeah. And then having that conversation, whether it's the bravado, the you know, the baritone, the grindness, how they do their kid voices. I mean, there's a plethora of reasons why you would love the man's voice. Exactly. exactly. But then that's where we came back. Okay, well, based on that conversation, here's a list of narrators that can do all that as well. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I I you know, I love I when I first heard Sebastian York, I you know, I it was he's great. Yeah. But there are other narrators that oh, are yeah. just as good and just as impactful in their reading. So well, that's also where I always I always say that there's it's it's one of those things that the current narrators, especially those popular ones, kind of have to see about what else they're bringing to the table. Because five years ago, six years ago they were cream of the crop and that was all you had. And now we're having so many up and coming narrators that are just as good and sometimes even better than those that are up there. And yeah. And those are the ones that, that that are starting to, as I said, they're up and coming, but they're starting to get really good traction. And, you know, those top of the line narrators, sometimes again, it's like, what else are you bringing to the table aside from your name? Because I have someone else that can do the exact same thing you can. Exactly. <laughs> love ya. <laughs> I, love I mean, you, going with them. <laughs> well, it, there's so many different, again, scheduling conflicts uh, yeah. out of price range. I mean, at the end of the truth is you, you get what you pay for. I'm a firm, firm believer. I, I agree 100%. And that I learned through trial and error in my auto, you know, audio book. Um, and that's with anything, book cover design, editing, formatting, exactly. and, you exactly. know, and stuff like that. Um, and who does your marketing and stuff like that? Who does all those ads for you? You're going to get what you pay for. And the lower end of stuff, sometimes you're going to get basic templates that insert your cover here, you know, exactly. and the same thing exactly. with, you know, anything from the narrators of like, oh, okay. Um, there was a cough and, <laughs> and things like that, but that's where you have those relationships with your, you know, if you have someone proofreading it, that's out, outside the narrators or yourself. And, but it's a huge thing when you get what you pay for. And so some of those top of the line narrators have people doing a lot of this stuff for you that you don't have to worry about, or they work specifically yeah. with, with a production company and that's it, or they right. themselves are the production company. You're going, I get it all for one. Yay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know? Wham, bam. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's it's always good to look at and think about the quality of the voice of what yeah. you're loving about a specific individual as a narrator and yeah. whether it's, it's her girl next door, her, oh my gosh, she sounds so sweet, but she's really a bitch, you know, kind of a character. And you're going, she does it so well. She's a sweetheart. Really, truly, she really is. But damn, what a bitch, you know, because that's what you want your listeners to think when they're hearing that book. Exactly. Exactly. If, if that's the, the character. The yeah. If the narrator is doing their job in portraying the portraying the characters in the way that you have written them, then you know it's it's even more it's it's exciting to listen. Yeah. And you're being a listener too. Oh yeah. You, I'm, a, you, yeah. I'm an avid listener. Yeah. So you have that, you know what you like, you know how things, when you get those goosebumps, when you're listening to a book and you want that for your own books. And so you have extra, yeah, you have that extra bonus knowledge, I say, versus someone that may not have ever picked up an audio book and they're like, I don't know. know, As much as that I would love, I love to read a book, you know, sit down and read a good book. Sometimes the audio books just just sends you, you know, you close your eyes and you're listening. It's like, oh my gosh, 
you know, you don't have to think much <laughs> to really seriously, the car- the narrators do, do the job for, for me, you know? So, yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In order for the narrators to be able to pull off that trajectory of taking it out of the sphere kind of a thing yes. or playing it to the third balcony and things like that, they already mm-hmm. have to have the material, right? which is the book, which means you all wrote that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so I, that's why I always want to point out if it ain't for you guys writing these stories that are that good, they can only help it so much. Cause I will say some narratives can save a story. Yes. And there's a, and I've had situations where like, boy, you couldn't even save the story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I, I have to agree with you. There was a few st- uh, really popular stories that I bought for the simple fact that, you know, the narrator and oh, yeah. it, it didn't, I had a, I, I don't return books. I don't mm-hmm. return audiobooks either, but it just was like, it was, it, it became a DNF. <laughs> Did not finish it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I, I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. I. Did but it's okay. Because I was like, oh my God, I gave, you know, the audio book five, you know, the, the narrator five stars, but the book, oh my God, terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm sure somebody said that for myself too. So, I mean, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Well, again, reviews are basically just opinions. And exactly. as the saying goes, an opinion is like an asshole. Everybody has one. And, exactly. and some people, it's like, you kind of almost want to, I wish it was almost like a bit of a questionnaire prior to the review being published that says, did you pick up this book because you saw it on TikTok and we're talking about the smut? Check. Yes. You know, or did you hear about it by someone that was talking about the story plot? Check. Right. Because it all depends on the reader, you know, if why they're picking up that book. Could be the interesting cover, could be the promises of how you guys wrote the blurb and things like that. But there's also two camps, I think. And soon enough, there'll probably be a third where, and I think technically there is, uh, if you were doing a graph, there'll be the middle section between the two circles. But the two major camps are those readers that are all in it for the story and the plot and the character development. And those that just want a good smut scene. It happens to have good potential characters that you're going to try to redeem and it's okay. Right. You laugh, but you know it's true. No, but it's so true. <laughs> So the review is going to reflect that. I mean, there's going to be yes. those those readers that want the story and the plot and everything that will bust up with the review. There was too much sex, right? I, yes, I've heard. I've I've read some reviews, not on my own, but I've read some reviews that is like that is uh, I've that I've said that people have said that like yes. certain and of which the other camp will pick it up. <laughs> it's like more sex. Okay, there you go. <laughs> It was theater. It was too hot and steamy. Didn't I mean, I have an imagination, but damn, those readers will pick it up. And then on the other side, those, you know, the, the ones that want the smut and the really hot stuff. I'm like, it's called erotica for a reason. People look it up. Exactly. Everything is erotica. Uh, it's authors, I think, are starting to feel a little bit of that pressure of making everything significantly sex more so because they want those readers. And I'm like, the moment it says, oh, there wasn't enough, I will pick it up. Yeah. Because yeah. I want the plot and stuff like that. I mean, hey, I'm off for all a good sex scenes. I've highlighted and I've passed it on to my husband and said, read it, learn it, commit it tonight. <laughs> you know? But I'm also <laughs> like, I need a story. I need a plot. Yes. I need the That's, characters. That, I got it. That is, that is true. There are some uh, new stories out in the world now that I, I picked up and I just, I didn't buy it. I went to look at the blurb and I read the sample and I had to, you know, basically 
the blurb sounded great. So when I, when I read the sample pages and it's like, oh my gosh, it was nothing like what the blurb. You lied. You lied. <laughs> exactly. You lied to me. Yeah. So I had to like drop the mic and run away. So it's, it's, it, it's like that more and more. Uh, it's not about the sex for me in the story, in the stories. It's, it's uh, the characters, male, 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 female, however, alien, you know, with two horns and two penises. It just, it's, I think it's the, the story, the plot, and from A to Z, how they get there. I like the journey of it. And if it includes sex, more the better, you know what I mean? But it has to fit within the, the storyline. It just don't want to put it in there just because it needs it, you know, it needs that sex scene. I, I totally agree. I'm all for it, you know, and, and I'm all for never shaming anybody for anything because exactly. a girl or a reader wants what a reader wants. And that's perfect, which is why we love romance. Cause right. again, there's something for everybody. Exactly. But also for authors, I think it's important, like, don't get discouraged if the review says not enough sex, that is not an invitation, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say, you know, uh, uh, reviews can make or break a, our author sometimes, you know, yeah. When I, my my dark erotic thriller mirror image when i had that out when i had that published out i was really excited about it because of the concept of it and um i had one reviewer tell me there's too many fucks too many swear words and i asked my i asked my editor i said was there too many swear words she's like well i have three povs in it you know and the 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 villain's POV, which is a woman, she, that's her favorite word. Fuck was her favorite word. And you, you know, you used it, but it wasn't like every other sentence, you know? So I'm like, I, it, it made me pause, but that was the last time. I was like, she's like, don't worry about it. You know, that's one person's, one person's opinion. You know, like that, everybody has an asshole. And so, yeah, it's, it does. Sometimes it affects certain authors. Yeah. yeah. It stuns them. But I always say, move past it, write your next book, you know, and write what you want. Yeah. I'm a, a huge component uh, proponent of you're going to write your review on the book. You're going to write the review on the plot and the characters. Hell, write it on the sex scenes. And like, they forgot that there was an extra arm um, yes. in there or the damn she flexible but don't ever attack the author or the narrators yeah you're laughing like did you have one of those <laughs> i was a genius before put that way <laughs> I'm sure you know, just yeah. yeah hey hey babe can you come here i need you to just demonstrate something um, <laughs> what um <laughs> but don't ever like attack the author. I mean, A, exactly. we all start somewhere. Exactly. And, you know, it's like with any skill, the more you use it and the more practice you have, the better you should be getting at. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like with anything, you know, exactly. virgin <laughs> us versus us now should be totally different people. <laughs> Communication is the key. Yes. <laughs> You know, exactly. Um, and so include those comments, you know, the, those reviews that say, you know, what is it that you did like? What was it that was best? I always say start nice. Um, right. And then say it perhaps I use my verbs, like if it, my 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 key phrases, almost like if you see the I would have loved to in my review, I would have loved to have seen more 
of blah 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 that means that you probably could have added a little bit more there wasn't enough and are like i have no idea where you were going with this exactly. you know kind of a thing and so it's still showing that i am the one saying i would have loved to see more of that it's not on you yes. as the author and it's I not going to be on anybody else i think it's much more frustrated for an author um especially especially an indie author that you know, we would have to promote ourselves and do all the work and stuff like that is having those books out there, people buying and or people, you know, going to events or even going to like takeover parties on Facebook or whatever, and winning, winning a book and not seeing the reviews. So mm-hmm. you have all those books out there and people are reading them or so-called reading them and they're not leaving a review. And I feel, you know, People, if you're listening, if you have an author's book, you need and you read it, please leave a review. It's yeah, it's for our benefit. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 going to help us write that next book. And it's you know, the more reviews we have, there the better. And that same thing goes with audiobooks. You yep. know, it's very very important to have those reviews. And it doesn't have to be a long thesis statement either. No. Um, it, it could be a really short, like, oh my God, I couldn't put it down. The exactly. or the I, I see where the allure is. It was just not my cup of tea. You know, <laughs> and, and then perhaps the why. And, and and again, in a nice way, there perhaps there was, you know, there was, you know, too much XYZ in my taste kind of thing. But if right. but anybody else that likes that tea, boy, this is your book. Exactly. You know? and, and that's kind of where you find that mix of uh, where I say those are the really good reviewers, mm-hmm. the other ones that blow sm- smoke up every author and narrator's ass <laughs> by saying it's a five star. Babe, not everything out there is a five star. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And that hurts the author. It does. You want to honest reviews are the best reviews, and if it's if it's a three star, it's like it's a good book, but. Yes. It needs this, this, and this. I feel I would, I as an author, be like, okay, that's that's a genuine, honest view, and I, it's only going to help us out more. Yeah. And do you think, like, for me, a three star is a solid book? Yeah, it's a solid book. It was good. A four star, you're like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> and a four st- and a fifth, a five star. Ooh, first of all, that's a yellow ticket. And that's if I give a, I know I'm very particular about my five stars. That means, yes. yeah, you need to drop what you're doing and go pick it up <laughs> kind of thing. But again, I think it's very hurtful for the, for the authors and the narrators because sometimes they start phoning it in and they think like, oh my God, it's such a five star. But no, honey, he phoned it in as someone that's been listening to him from day one, he phoned it in. Yes. You yeah. know, I, I agree. I agree. I would say in all the audiobooks that I have listened to, most of most of them are between three to four stars, you know, um, except for my favorite ones that are just, even though the storyline might not be much, but the narrators are great. Uh, I, I review accordingly. The narrators were great. They took what they had and they made it work so well that I didn't know the flaws in it, right? And being that I'm also a reader and knew that book from page to page, um, I know how that book is. So I'm going to give them a three star, you know, so it's just how you how how um, as a reviewer, a listener is going to, you know, to judge that. 
for me, that's how I do it. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's important to have that conversation because there's so many authors out there hungry for the, to get readers and listeners and are, you know, sharing their books to the masses and are willing to give a book out for free. First of all, exactly. y'all don't have to, by the way, we yes. appreciate it. Yes. Please listeners and readers don't assume you're going to get one just because you asked for yeah. it and don't have that because the rest of us are looking at you like, no, you did not just, it's called, it's on sale for God's sakes or a library. <laughs> this is how they make their money anyways. But I think too, is having those conversations when you do go into a group, there is a difference to me in my eyes when it's a giveaway yes, versus a review copy. Correct. Correct. And a lot of times they are used ex- in, as an exchangeable. And in, in like either or, and I'm like, no, no, there's a difference. If you're giving something away, there should be no expectations for me to do a damn thing about it. Right. It'd be nice if I listened well, to it to review. Yes. You know? I was just in a, a, a takeover uh, for a, one of my author friends and I was giving away five audiobook codes. And um, when the winners contacted me saying, I won, I won. I told them, you know, here's the code. I said, if you can, I would appreciate that you would leave a review, dot, dot, dot. And, um, you know, that would only help me out. It would, it would just help. So I ask if they don't, I'm not looking for it, but nine times out of 10, when I do ask, they do leave a review. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. But. But if you're giving away review codes. Yes. Your expectation as those that are grabbing those codes is that you're going to review that book yes. within a fairly fair time. I I recently did that to my last audiobook when it first came out. And I did. I had a group of uh, ARC reviewer or reviewers who listen. And out of the so many that I had, I want to say only a fourth actually returned a review so I was genuinely upset with that so I could see where you know I know where um it's hard you know so why would you want to give out a code a a review code if you if you're not going to turn around and leave a review that's that's also where those people get removed from that review team exactly if I'm managing it because I don't care Exactly. <laughs> I get hired. I do the work where I'm helping an author friend. I'm like, dude, this is why you're here. If you can't, if you don't tell me that something happened. I don't need to know the details of life. It happens. Yes. But yes. say something I- came up. I don't have the capacity of doing it in a timely manner based on the request. I can do it by then. And then my expectation is that it will be done by then. Exactly. Exactly. I actually had one reviewer reach out because I had a back-to-back narrator, a nar- uh, book out coming out, and sh- she requested the second book where she had the code for the first one and she didn't review. So I reached out to her and I said, "Well, I'm not. I I am not at liberty to give you one because you did not follow the instructions on the first first book that you were supposed to review for the audiobook. And she's like, Oh, I thought I did. I am so sorry. And she left a review within like three days. So I don't know if she just posted on there and wanted the second book or what, but she left a review. So, but that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I appreciate, cause I think too, that sometimes you guys forget that you are a business. 
Yes. And that's something too that I try to highlight. I don't know why I have to, but I feel like I need to highlight that this is your business. This is how you pay for gas and groceries, but also reinvest the money on a cover designer for your next book or those narratives that you really want to hear narrate your words, so on and so forth. Um, Aside from, you know, mortgage. Um, (laughs) I mean, priorities, it's those narratives. I'm just kidding. Um, Narrator's priority. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Honey, why are the lights flickering? Because I have to get the money for eight and snow. Exactly. Um, He's my man. Yeah, so you, we will eat and write by candlelight. <laughs> It'll be very romantic. I promise. Yeah. You know, but that's where it, that conversation I think needs to happen more and more because of how, as of late, sometimes I feel like book talk has been some you know bad behaving reviewers yes. or bad behaving listeners yeah. or readers. These authors are a business; they are in, in uh, their own business and. I know that you guys sometimes feel pressure to just give away the book because they are quote unquote an influencer and yeah. they have like a million followers, but I'm like, yeah, but out of those millions, how many people actually saw that video and actually went and bought the book? Exactly. It's a tug and pull with it. You, know, you don't know. And it's, you know, it's like, do you want to give a giveaway a, a code for a potential listener or a potential reader, your future or keep it? you know, it might lose out on it. So nine times out of 10, you, you give it away. Yeah. Also, I feel like, like when you guys provide this teasers to kind of give us a little bit, aside from the sample on Audible, mm-hmm. that's something else that kind of gives me maybe a bit more of details of what the story is, or maybe a bit of that range, because sometimes you're going, she hired them. Okay. <laughs> and perhaps that did was not very happy with them in a previous book of a different narrator, you know, a different book. But right. then I see that sample that you know because you know your characters right. and you know the story and where it's going. Yes. Um, and I'm like, well, damn, that's why she hired them. Okay. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so many factors and, and, and things. But that's also where I think having these conversations, like, you know, getting to know you better, going to Allure in September, where you'll get to meet a lot of your listeners and your readers. And you'll get to meet a bunch of new narrators as well as, you know, people in the industry. Yes. Uh, That is what I am very excited about. I, as, like I said, as an, as a, as a avid listener, I, that's like the biggest component for me. Yes. I could write a book and it's all good and it's published. But to me, it's like that step further is making the book alive with the narrators. I feel that is very, very important. Oh, the options you're going to find. Yes. <laughs> so excited. I know. It's one of the things I'm like, and, and I kind of love seeing that magic happens. It's almost like I've seen it before. And so I know that it exists because I've seen it, damn it. Yes. And an author talks to a narrator and then they're done. And there's this look in the author's eyes. And I'm like, she's found a new narrator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where she would place them, we do not know, folks. But I'll out in the wild, we don't care. <laughs> I'll find a place, I promise. They will invent a character, dude. They've done it. EJ London, I'm looking at you. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I, I know a few you'll do like, oh, yes. Um, you weren't there before, but you'll be there now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, their voices also, it's like, it kind of is an inspiration. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I would mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm going to be like, oh, there she goes. So it should be like a National Geographic, you know, video. And there the author moves along <laughs> the aisles as she approaches the narrator tables. Where shall she begin? <laughs> oh, oh, there we are with the approach. Oh, she landed. <laughs> Why do I see that so clear in my <laughs> body postures provide us with an inkling as to this is going well. Yeah. <laughs> she dips, she's yeah. ready, yes. and she approaches. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? <laughs> and so, and then, oh, okay, they've done conversing. All right, she's leaving. Does she have, yes, she has the look. <laughs> and the card in her hand. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Now the estimation of when will we hear that voice begins? <laughs> you don't know. Yes. yes. Until the next episode. <laughs> I wish I could write as fast as I could put out for audio. I know, right. Oh, hey. I am all for you guys taking your sweet ass time so long as the book comes out the right way. Exactly. Um, a lot of authors are, are spewing out books left and right, up and under, and where the hell did that one come from? Yes. And, and it's, no. Mm -mm. No, thank yeah. you. My girl, slow down. <laughs> it's okay. Would, we will wait. <laughs> yes. I like, I would rather put out a good book than fast, uh, but I'm not a fast writer. So it, no worries on that point for me. Yeah. So if, if guys, if we get a book from CJ later um, after the event of an author or a narrator with that look, now you know why. <laughs> well, actually I have a book coming out. It's the first book of my of this male male romance series and i am looking for a narrator it's mm -hmm. in they're all novellas so and i have different um narrators except for two of the books uh i went with the one narrator that i've used before he was really really good and um so but i want somebody totally different for this one because this is a jump this is a jump off to another series. Oh, so yeah. I want to make sure that, so yeah, so I will be looking, I will be looking. <laughs> yeah. But also if she ends up having to write an author, you know, where the heroine or the hero is an author and they went to a book convention where there were good voices. Now, you know where that came from too. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we have, I have a book out, which we haven't talked about, oh. you know, what my upcoming stuff. We just, just released a book. I co-wrote a book, uh, book one of a five book series called Boba Book Babe Mysteries. And the first book is called Pandemonium in Peoria. And it's about four friends, two of them are sisters, and they go to book events. It's a romantic mysteries series. Hmm. So when you said that, I'm like, that's, we're, I'm keeping my ears out for that too. So yeah. and then four, five different books for uh, four four different stories the fifth book is a collaborative of everything that has gone on so nice. but yeah so yeah this is gonna be fun yeah as one of them listens to a podcast and goes my god that that the host is awesome but she's enthusiastic too okay <laughs> <laughs> you have to be you have to yeah. be <laughs> you have to be otherwise it's not fun exactly well, you're going to be having a great time at Allure and it's going to be so much fun. I want to know way more about you, but also want to see how tricky you are. Okay. Um, so which is one of the things, to, and go, I mean, you know, you guys are creative being the stories that you write, but sometimes it's a little different. Yes. But we're going to go into the whole two truths and a lie game where you're going to tell us three things about you and we have to figure out which one is a lie. <laughs> okay. So 
Uh, let's see. So my two truths and a lie. The first one is I was born in Seoul, South Korea. Second one is I am half Italian. And third one, I have a pet hamster named Joe. Mm. Yes, I'm boring. I'm boring. I know. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I appreciate <laughs> you sharing. No, it's not. I mean, because sometimes you guys think, oh, this is going to be so boring. But it's in the details. The fact that she says so South Korea versus just Korea, you know, she's giving on like that could possibly be part of the lie. Right? It's, it's the truth, but it's still part of a lie. So it makes it a lie. Or that she has a pet hamster, but it could be, you know, named, you know, Clementine. <laughs> so yeah, guys, that's where you guys get creative. And I'm going, Ooh, bitch, I love you. Um, <laughs> or in this having the half Korean, I mean, a half Italian kind of a thing. Hmm. I want to say the pet hamster named Joe is a lie. That is true. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Oh, that <laughs> is a lie. lie. Okay. <laughs> I actually have a uh, two cats instead See? of a hamster. <laughs> Are either one of them named Joe? No. So that was a full-blown out lie. <laughs> it's a full-blown out lie. It yes. is <laughs> and Sadie. <laughs> fantastic see there's a lot to it people it's a lot to it so half italian and born in, in, in you know south korea wow right i'm my mother's 100 percent korean south korean from south korea and uh and, but she was born in japan and then my father's 100 percent italian he's first generation italian american oh wow and i am technically if you want to be more techno about this i am my kids are first generation korean italian because i was born in south korea so, um yes military military brother. military yeah, yeah. That's, i didn't get into my background because that would be giving it away but I was, <laughs> yes my father was in the army so i was an army brat growing up and we traveled all over the place so um but yeah so my mom um, while my father was in Vietnam, I, my mom was in, you know, with her family in South Korea and she was pregnant with me. And then, uh, so a little tidbit here, my first three months of living. So from birth to three months old, I did not have a name. <gasps> my mom waited for my dad to be home to give me a name. Oh, yes. So. <laughs> so you probably got that whole like hey precious girl hey little one oh no hey peanut i was <laughs> over 10 pounds my mom oh. my mom you know back in the day i don't know if they still do it but it, back in korea they had curfews uh -huh. so the ca taxi cabs were not allowed to be on the roads till after 5 a.m and my mom was in full-blown labor and by the time the taxi cabs cab arrived my grandmother ended up delivering me so it was mm. like four four forty eight or something it was some it was like right before five o'clock in the morning is when I was born so you just said hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming <laughs> exactly exactly world so, I am here <laughs> no matter what so yeah I was over 10 pounds so wow. my, my uh my nickname was Little Fatty. 
but they did it in such my mom's like we did it out of love i'm like yeah a little fatty that's not really out of love i know <laughs> but in korean it's like the way they say it it's the enunciation of it yes it's out of out of you know out of love so um, are, are you trilingual in the sense of italian korean but, and english well the italian i lost a lot of it of it uh i learned more more slang aspects and Korean. I understand it more than I could speak it, but that was my first language. I didn't know a word of English when I came to uh, the United States at, at the age of five. Wow. Yeah. So my, my mom and I both who sat down in front of the TV, you know, on the weekends or whatever, watch like Sesame streets and electric company and all that and learning, learning to speak English. Yes. I think a, a lot of folks that are from different cult- cultures and uh, countries and they come to the States, they will do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In my I, house, it was the opposite though. I mean, I had the Spanish novella so I can practice my Spanish because my, my, it was Spanish in the house and English outside the house. Oh, uh, see uh, my, I mean, we did speak Korean in the house. Uh, my dad didn't really speak Italian so much. It was more my grandparents did. And then my first husband uh, was hundred percent Italian and their family spoke fluent. So I picked up a lot of that. So, but I'm no longer with that gentleman. It's been a very long, long time. Um, and uh, I just, you know, when you don't use it, you lose it. You lose it. it. Yeah, exactly. So except, for the, except for the bad words. Those yeah. are always. Well, you, for you, uh, yeah, I guess there was a, some, some bad words. I, I still remember, but not nearly as enough as I used to. My vocabulary was a lot more, you know, 20, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So it's a lot different, but, you know, I spoke more Korean with my, when my, cause when my grandmother was still alive, because that's all she spoke. She barely knew any English, even though she's been here for in this country for several years. But my parents, my mom and I, we need to learn English. So they, you know, they pretty much stopped speaking um, Korean and we spoke English in the house. But as we get older, we start, I, you know, we started, I started picking up my, I have younger siblings and they never, they never learned, mm. you know what I mean? Little yeah. here and there, but I, I, I cut, I retained a lot. So. Huh. Yeah. It's a shame when we lose some of that history and yes. the language and things like that, yes. again, trying to, you know, fit in and be part more quote unquote American um, but I think also too, is when we can keep it and retain it is so important and it's so nice. Oh, most how those different. Especially yeah. if you're going to go visit. I have cousins. I have first cousins that that's in Korea. And, uh, it's funny. They laugh at me when I talk to them because I sound like a little baby because that <laughs> vocabulary, it hasn't, it didn't, it didn't progress into like larger, more older adult word, you know, words. And, uh, they laugh at me. I'm like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, same. I mean, yeah, I always that. So, so you're bilingual and you're fluent, right? And I'm like, well, about that, um, <laughs> I can speak it. I, I can speak it. Reading takes me about a half an hour to read a paragraph because I am yeah. literally sounding everything out. And writing it, uh, if it sounds like a J, it's gonna have a J, even though it has a G and or a double L. It, and yeah. <laughs> Feel yeah. Yeah. Plus, also, you all lied. You do not pay more for bilingual. So stop. <laughs> Depending on maybe, right? <laughs> there, no, I have yet to have a job, and I'm talking about when I was completely fluent, fluent in and uh, everything in Spanish in my younger years. 
and they would bust out with, oh, you want to bilingual? And the question was like, does it pay more? Otherwise, <laughs> no speak Spanish. <laughs> right. oh. mm-hmm, they try. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's a different brain aspect of things of while you're learning and stuff. And, oh, and, yeah. yeah. Most so you grow you grow up saying being told you're, you know, being bilingual is great. You're going to get paid more. And I'm like, mom, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an expectation part of that resume part that goes and learn other things that they don't tell you what those other things are. And you just, you know, that they throw it in your face. Well, you did see. I'm like, damn it. But yeah. Oh, but yeah, you'll, you know, it's things that you learn and you're like, okay, fine. At least I can tell you off in multiple languages and exactly. also, t- also tell you how much I love and adore you in multiple languages. So it's a good, you know, even thing. They always ask me, they're like, can you say this in Korean? Can you say this? in uh-huh. And I'm like, well, yes. Well, what is it? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, is do I know how to say it? The answer is yes. Yes. It's, if that's what you asked. Yes, I do know right. how to say it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, also, too, you kind of have to have a little bit of fun with it when the kids in the house don't know the language. And you can be like, Me cago en diez, coño, su madre, puta. you know, um, and you're talking about them. And you're like, no, I just, I'm a little frustrated with you right now, honey. You need to go away. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I exactly. said. <laughs> they know when I, when I get mad, it's like my voice drops and it's like, mm-hmm. OK, it's time to stay away from the mama. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get rid of the villains. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You are yeah. going to be killed. Off. <laughs> <laughs> so why okay so he, they they put they ate the last brownie okay yeah that's a, that's yeah they should have fallen off that bridge later mm-hmm. yep ah. <laughs> oh my gosh. yeah so before we go why don't you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share what am i currently working on right now is actually two books, book two and book three in the Saints and Center series. They run kind of simultaneously. So Kyle and uh, Ben's book will be out beginning of next year. I was hoping this year, but with everything that's going on, it's crazy. And then um, I have my Three Times Lucky, which is book four in the Chance at Roma- uh, Chance at Love, a male male romance series that's coming out August 31st. Mm. And I can't wait for find a narrator for that one. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, I am working, we'll be working on book two in the Boba Book Bay's mystery called Silence in San Antonio, which we do not have a date for that mm. one. So, yeah, and I have a few other ones in the works, but that's not until next year. Just just progress and, you know, whatever my ADH brain will decide to work on. But yeah, mm. definitely what's coming up next month, which will be three times lucky. Yeah, I just also love knowing that there's more for us to devour. So thank you. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. No, guys, so definitely, you know, keep an eye on her stuff so we can, you know, I'll go like, oh my God, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, we'll get together at a lower and go, oh my God, she's approaching the table. Oh, 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 oh. Winner, yeah. winner. No. <laughs> Is he the one? Is he the one? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much cj for taking the time to chat and hang out with me today it's been so much fun 
Thank you for having me. I did. I enjoyed myself with you very much. Yay. And I will be including all of CJ's social media links, as well as, you know, where you can find her at BookBub and Goodreads and all that other fun stuff. So you guys don't have to go hunting for it. I will provide that stuff for you. So all you got to do is like, follow, and then, you know, go to Audible and pick up the books or wherever else you get them. And, um, and we'll kind of go from there. That information will be over at the episodes post at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, guys, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Bucks. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening. Happy listening.